This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support the Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button. Thank you for your generosity. The Quest presents an encore presentation of Shelter in Peace. Good morning, dear listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shelter in Peace here on AM 1160 The Quest, your Catholic radio station here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Mari Cleveland, and I am here with my co-host, Josh Harris. Glad to be here. Good morning, Josh, and our beautiful and wonderful and talented producer, Annie Porter. Good morning. Good morning. So, listeners, if you were listening to us last week, you know that this is part two of a series in talking about how do we courageously and boldly walk into mm. the plans that God has for us? And last time we got a chance to speak to Father Mark White from Christ the King, and he did a beautiful job of talking to us about listening to God and hearing from God and how his own personal story. So if you want to listen to that, you can go into our Shelter and Peace. Uh, you can go into your Quest Atlanta app um, or go onto our website at www.thequestatlanta.com dot com and forward slash shelter in peace and all of the past shows are there recorded so you can listen to our show from last week right there so we talked about that we talked about how during this time people are saying what can i do how can i um how can i walk in truth how can i do what god is calling me to do but i first need to be able to listen to his voice hear his voice know how to understand his voice we talk a lot about that in the last show and then this show will be some beautiful personal examples of people who heard his voice and then walked into amazing um, ways to serve him and to serve his people with love and compassion and care. And, you know, we're in a battlefield right now, and I don't think people realize that there is a spirit, there is spiritual warfare going on. There has been for thousands of years, but right now mm-hmm. I think we're feeling it in a lot of ways. So the best place to start is always with prayer. So we are going to pray. It's a prayer we played, prayed last week. It's called the Unity Prayer. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, once again, ask Josh to use his beautiful voice to oh, pray that prayer. But we'll you. do it as a prayer in response, um, which is a beautiful way to pray this. So listeners, please, you can pray right along with us. All right, let's start the Unity Prayer. My adorable Jesus. My adorable Jesus. May our feet journey together. May our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. May our our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. Amen. O blessed lady. O blessed lady. Spread the effect of thy grace and thy flame of love over all of humanity. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity. In Jesus' name. In name Jesus' the name. Father, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. 
So as we get started today, Josh, I know you had some really great insights when you were praying about us talking mm-hmm. about this and about people being obedient to God's will. And from Scripture, you had some beautiful thoughts about how that was modeled for us. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something interesting. You know, the more I've gotten involved with uh, pro-life ministry and, and followed in the footsteps of giants like, you know, Kathy Schneider and Mary Clausen, um, I've, I've seen these young women step out in faith and courageously choose life. And unfortunately, you you see at these abortion clinics, you'll be praying in front of or trying to minister to uh, the women going in. A lot of people aren't choosing life. But I think there's something we need to remember, and that is the gospel narrative is a pro-life narrative, mm. right? That, and let me just start off with scripture to set the scene. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this, the sixth month with her uh, was all, uh, was called, in the sixth month of her was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So the beginning of salvation is really kicked into effect on this earth when a woman in, let's back up, a girl in unplanned pregnancy said yes to life. Right. Yeah. If Mary did not say yes to life, we, I mean, we have no salvation. We have no Jesus. We mm-hmm. have no Catholic church. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to acknowledge, I think, the heroics in this woman stepping out and saying, you know what? I'm going to say yes to God no matter what. The perfect disciple, the perfect snapshot of obedience. And keep in mind, this isn't just, well, I'm going to have a kid and I'm going to move on with my life and I'm going to have a baby and it's going to be comfortable. Like, you are about to be literally have your reputation significantly tarnished within the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. If not killed. Yeah. Right. I mean, legally, right. that could mm-hmm. have been the result of Joseph wasn't this heroic, just man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was interesting when we were this past week and we were praying in front of an abortion clinic and uh, one of the women came down. She was 17 years old, had her brother drop her off there and she came down and talked to us and, you know, as the conversation unfolded, uh, she let us take her to a pregnancy resource center. But I'll never forget this sweet, incredible um, African-American lady, this pro-life warrior uh, named Jackie was out there. And we were praying with her. And one of the things she said, essentially, that said, remember, God, that I remember uh, that many, many years ago, there was a woman who said yes to life in the face of the world was changed forever. Mm. And she told that to this young woman, She right? said that wow. in prayer to this young woman. Wow. And I mean, we never know what's on the other end of a yes to God, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's always something good. I mean, it's, ne- I mean, God is the way, the truth and the life, right? Yeah. So yeah. he's going to make a way. So I think that's just really incredible, you know, for me to remember that, that, I mean, the, the, then, then we can go further in the message and what, what happens when, when the, baby John the Baptist is within proximity of Christ. Mm-hmm. He leaps for joy in the womb, yeah. acknowledging the Lord's humanity right. upon conception. Right. 
Right. I mean, that Jesus is literally has this penetrating joy that literally radiates and affects all those around him just by him being an infant in his mother's womb, an right. unborn child. Elizabeth's rejoicing. John's rejoicing. Mary's rejoicing. Yep. The angels in heaven are interceding. I mean, he's literally moving heaven and earth. And yet what is he but just an infant in the womb? Exactly. You know? Yeah. So That's we beautiful. need to acknowledge that, that this is of God, you know, from conception to natural death. Right, right, right. You know, one of the things I love to think about with Mary, too, we know she's full of grace. That's how the angel mm-hmm. first addresses her. You are full of grace. But at the same time, she was a young girl. And how did she know God? How did she know to listen to God? How did she know to hear his voice? And we talked about that on the, on the last episode. If you, if you read Mary's Magnificat and her response to God— she is quoting scripture. She's quoting Holy Scripture. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she was a young girl, but she was taught. Her parents brought her up in the faith, in the love, and the admonition of the of the Lord, and in His beautiful Holy Word. And she was able to just say that off her heart, off her head. So I think once again, you know, as parents, we think, "Oh my gosh!" But you know, that's Mary you're talking about. Yes, but she still was also. She was a. A, a person here brought up with parents, just like, you know, many of our children have mm-hmm. our, and the, their parents trying to help them understand being able to hear God and listen to a, his voice and encourage them to follow through. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so we want to talk today to a couple of beautiful women, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I want to say one more thing yeah, really please, quick please. that you sparked in me is you talk about the, we talk about the importance of life. I mean, Yes, the gospel's pro-life. It's very much pro-family, too. I mean, because Jesus could have just literally teleported onto Earth in a comet, (laughs) right? Just set the world on fire and said, beam me up, Scotty. And he's gone. No no crucifixion, no passion. I mean, he could have just snapped his fingers. I mean, what we have on the cross is love on display. But keep in mind, we have, he chose to come as an infant. Yep. And be obedient to his parents. And it says that when he f- was found in the temple, right. he, you know, he left and he became obedient to his parents and he grew in wisdom and stature. Mm-hmm. So we look at Joseph and that's another example of a man stepping up. I mean, I think yeah. the one thing that I-, I see in front of these abortion clinics that these incredible heroes are going to share is you just don't, you don't see guys are a lot of times just falling asleep at the wheel mm. out there. You know, I mean, when I see a guy in a truck with a frat sticker, drop a girl off at the front of an abortion clinic. I can, you know, just boogie off or go park. I'm, I mean, I, I definitely have some <laughs> agitation that mm-hmm. wells up inside of me. But you have Joseph, who's told by, you know, the Lord through an angel, hey, step up, you know, yeah. take Mary. And he does. And whenever, I mean, that's the one thing. He's a man of few words in scripture, but he's obedient yep. and he watches over his family. Yes. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's the one thing that like you will see, there's a lot of common denominators in people, women who aren't choosing life or walking into these clinics, 85% of them regret it. And 74% of those women say that if just one guy stood up, Mm -hmm. they would have done something differently. Yeah. That's a statistic you shared with me this last weekend, Josh. And I thought that was so overwhelming to understand if 74% you said that if somebody had stood up and just been a support for them, they would have, they would have said no, they would have said no to this killing of this, their, their baby in their womb. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, another thing to remember is, you know, there's this obedience narrative, there's this pro-life narrative, there's this pro-family narrative, mm-hmm. and Joseph stepping up as a man, you know, and, and leading the family and protecting them mm-hmm. um, and, and letting Christ grow, you know, in wisdom and stature. And I think as we see Jesus, he's always the best of the Father. If we look at Christ, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen the Father. I mean, he says that in Scripture, but he's also completely... Pr- a human as right. well. So as long as Jesus was alive, he was a snapshot of the best of Mary and Joseph. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, their thumbprints were all over him as well. Right, right. So exactly. I think that that was a message he wanted to relay to us, I believe, you know, through yeah. scripture as well. Yeah. So dear listeners, how does this fit in with what we're talking about today? So once again, you're oh. listening to Shelter in Peace on AM 1160, The Quest, and we're talking about hearing from God and then walking into his call for your life. Where does he want you to go and shine your light um, so that people will be you know, saved in so many different ways, right? And so the whole pro-life is one of those places where people are being asked to step in and it's a hard place. You know, we said, where are those places where it takes a lot of courage to step in when God sends Mm -hmm. you? So we have two amazingly beautiful women here today. Josh just referenced them briefly. Um, Kathy Schneider and Mary Clausen. And I think Josh and I can fight over them because (laughs) they're friends of both of ours, right? (laughs) I think I've known Mary for about eight years. And Kathy, I think I've known you about five years. Um, And these are beautiful women who are right there on the front lines of fighting against this fight and fighting for the life of the unborn. And um, they are very pro-life, and they were both called into this. So we want to welcome them. Kathy and Mary, welcome welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. We're so glad to be here. Thank you. So we do want to ask you, you know, it's it's so important for people to hear other people's stories about how did you hear from God? How did God call you into this? And so we'd love to hear from you guys. What is your what was your story? How did God call you into the pro-life movement? So, um, Mary, would you like to start for us? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, it started, I guess, about four years ago, and um, I'm actually a nurse practitioner and had some health issues, and I couldn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was um, at home kind of going, what am I going to do? I'm going a little stir crazy here. What am mm-hmm. I going to do? I started looking through the Georgia Bulletin, and there was a 40 Days for Life ad um, of Red the Feminist Women's Health Clinic over in Brookhaven. And I was like, hmm, maybe that's something that I, I could do. Is that It's time limited. And I go over there and say some prayers and stuff. And so I went over there, met Margarita, started um, doing that once every other week, um, just for a few hours on a Tuesday afternoon. And um, just started kind of praying and feeling like I was doing something for humanity or whatever, just being there. But um, wasn't really passionate quite yet, um, but started kind of... Um, thinking, what else can I do? I should be able to do more. What does God want me to do? And ended up going to the Atlanta Women's Center, which is another abortion clinic that was closer to where I live. And um, there seemed to be lots of cars there all the time and really um, a lot of women and a lot of men. And it was just um, felt like, okay, I think I could do more here, mainly because I live closer. I thought I can get get here more often. Um, my kids were in middle school at the time. And um, Ironically, there was a lot of comprehensive sex education going on with sixth and seventh and eighth graders and middle school, and I was just kind of appalled. And although mm. they're not the same thing as as pro life, I was just like, "Wait a minute, this is where this starts." If we're teaching this, these kids these things that are against our Catholic faith, um, then they're going to grow up and they're going to do these things because it's it's natural and it's and it's taught as if it's 
perfectly um, the right thing to do. Mm. So um, that kind of really got me going. And long story short, I was had an appointment to meet with the principal to talk about some of this stuff. And I kept I got a lot of blow off. I didn't get a lot of uh, the parents to support me. I ended up almost canceling the appointment because it was really getting stress producing for me. And long story short, I went into adoration over at St. Jude. And I was just like, God, you know, I need someone to help me with this. And the message I got was, who do you think I am? I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then I realized right there, that was it. He, he, he was, you know, I don't need anybody else. I wow. can do it myself. Sorry to get a little emotional, but that is beautiful. That is very powerful, um, Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just like, and I, and I just immediately, I was so stressed. I got this immediate calmness and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what he wants me to do. So from then on, I was like, I just need to, you know, take care of my health issues, but also go ahead and, and do what I can to, um, help the kids in the school. I do some protect student health, Georgia uh, volunteer work also to kind of help, help keep the kids protected and taught correctly. But then, um, and, and then the abortion thing is, is, is the end result of all that. So mm. um, I've been really passionate about it. And um, the more um, people that have come into my life with the pro-life world, the more passionate I've become because they just kind of feed on you. And I know you probably bragged about Josh already, but um, it was just, <laughs> he's been just a, a breath of fresh air. I was really getting worn out about six months ago and he kind of came on the scene and it's just been um, just God's, God's doing good things there, and um, I think, um, so and Kathy, too, of course. Kathy, I've been working with her for a long time. We've been doing this together, and um, it's just uh, God's put a great team together, and I know that's what we're called to do. That's wonderful. Thank you, Mary. You know, and you made me also think of something that on our last show, um, Father Mark mentioned a quote from C.S. Lewis, and it said, pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world, Mm. you know, and so you had different types of pain, right? You had your own physical pain you were dealing with, and God really woke you up to something that you might not have noticed otherwise, and then just the pain and frustration that that came from fighting against the school that would not listen to, you know a Christian message, a Catholic message. And, but God continued to be faithful in that. That's so beautiful. That was so absolutely beautiful. And I love that you were in adoration when he made it very clear for you. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And so we're going to talk and I want to hear from Kathy, but in a second listeners, we're also going to explain just a little bit more about how these guys are working together and what's happening here in Atlanta this summer that you can get involved with as well. If their if their words penetrate your hearts too, but my dear friend Kathy Schneider, would you share with us kind of what did God do to pull you in, to draw you in to this ministry? Sure. Um, I've moved here from Louisville, Kentucky. It'll be um, seven years, July, so very soon. Wow. And um, I had always done 40 Days for Life, but I really hadn't prayed at the abortion clinic any other time than that. And we just have one abortion clinic in the whole state of Kentucky. Wow. But soon to be two, I think we have a mm-hmm. new liberal. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's another story. But anyway, so there were plenty of people there <laughs> praying at the one in Kentucky. And so when I would go 40 Days for Life, I mean, there'd be 20, 30 people out there praying. It was all, there were always people there. And so when I came wow. to Georgia, I like looked at for, I was like, oh, it's time for 40 Days for Life. I'll go to sun up. And I'm like, oh, there's four 40 Days for Life. Oh my gosh, we have four abortion clinics. Well, little did I know we really had 16. Oh. We just have four that were doing a, you know, 40 Days for Life. 16. 16. That, how many are there on the 16. state? in Georgia. Wow. That right. kind of makes me want to be sick. Yeah, that's Ugh. true. And so um, I said, well, let's just see which one needs me the most. And then I started looking at each vigil site and there was nobody signed up to pray. Mm. Wow. I'm like, where are the people during 40 Days for Life? You're not even going? Like, mm. So um, I went during 40 Days for Life and uh, started kind of 
just seeing that even during 40 Days for Life, it was kind of a minimal show mm. up. And so after 40 Days for Life was over, I was like, I have to keep going there because mm-hmm. nobody's showing up. Like if, and, and then I had not been a sidewalk advocate. Like I just prayed, not that just praying is, is I know when we get to heaven, the good Lord willing, he's going to show us that it's all the prayer. It was really nothing we said is that these people prayed these great things and, and their hearts were open because yeah, of the Yeah, we'll prayer. talk about that too, yes, about what just yes. happened this last yes, weekend. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. But uh, anyway, so I thought, Lord, I better figure out how, you know, to do this. And so I started, I took a couple of things online. I went to a one day class. Like mm. I just observed people, like what they were doing, like Mary mentioned Margarita, some other people that kind of do this, that were helpful, kind of mentored me in the beginning. And um, yeah, it was funny after doing it for a while, I, um, I just, it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it breaks your heart. Sometimes there's, you can go for weeks at a time with having no one choose life. And uh, one of the days I didn't want to go. Like mm-hmm. I would go to mass, 6.30 mass before I would go down there. And I was in mass just being stubborn to the Lord. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to go. I want to go home. I got stuff to do. Like, I just, I'm tired of going. It doesn't even matter if I show up or not. And mm. and so I'm praying after I receive the Eucharist. And I hear that quote of St. Mother Teresa's in my head that said, God doesn't call you to be successful. He calls you to be faithful. Oh, how beautiful. Okay, fine. I'll go. You're right. I'll go and I'm going to pray for my, I'm just going two hours. That's all I'm doing today. Two hours, whatever. So anyway, so, so in that time I met this couple and praise God, I saved a baby and that was about three years ago. And he was, yes, he turned three in April. And so we, um, you know, as with many of these people, we've continued a relationship with mm-hmm. them. Um, we, um, we, you know, we brought Christmas presents, Easter baskets, all this kind of stuff. But last uh, November, when I brought uh, some uh, Thanksgiving basket to them, the the wife, not the wife, they weren't married. The girlfriend was at work and the dad was there with that. That was their fourth child that we helped oh, welcome. Wow. Oh, wow. And uh, they were an African couple. And I kept saying, Melvin, honey, like, you know, you love Beatrice. Like, how come you're not marrying her? Like, let's talk about this, you know? And I'm like, come on, you know, you're not going anywhere like she needs a security like what's going on and so we have this little powwow without her so then and I said well I'm just saying Christmas is coming up it's a good time to get engaged you know so drop the little seed so then at Christmas they kind of have this broken English because they're from Africa and so she's text me Christmas morning this picture of her hand with the ring and she said Kathy Melvin popped the big question I say yes <laughs> that was so, cute. so that was uh, the Christmas before last and then uh, last August they were married and we Aww. helped with a, a wedding we were the few white people there oh, that's <laughs> she so introduced me as her godmother oh, <laughs> I'm like I'll take that. that but anyway so beautiful. we did the wedding cake we helped set up the, the reception hall you know kind of thing so God will weave these stories together if you're just obedient like I just really didn't want to go and, yeah. and now have this family that we've been mentoring in so many ways um, for a while. So, that is yeah, beautiful. Yeah. You know, Kathy, one of the things as you're talking, I'm, of course, so many things are going through my mind as I'm listening to you. And part of it is that, you know, all we have to do is say yes, and God does all of the rest and just the blessing, the fruit that comes out of it. And it's not always in our timing. Like you said, you've been praying for a long, long time and hadn't seen anything. So, you know, dear listeners, as you're thinking about, okay, well, I've been obedient, but nothing's happened. I've I've been obedient, but this is taking so long. Well, think about Abram and Sarah. How many years were they praying for a baby and God had promised, but they had to be obedient? Well, they got disobedient for a little while there, right? (laughs) They got off track too, but, but anyway... But, yeah. but they needed to be obedient. And so it's so important. What you also said that I thought was so important was um, 
last time, last uh, week, we talked about how it's important to surround yourself with wise people who are people who are wise. And Kathy and um, Mary, both of you mentioned that the other people around you really encouraged you to be strong. And there was this quote from Pope Francis where he said, wisdom is seeing with God's eyes, listening with God's ears, loving with God's heart, judging things with God's judgment. Mm -hmm. Isn't that beautiful? And because of that, then you start to see things through God's eyes and you see what's going on with abortion and you hear where the cries of the poor are or what their needs are. Yeah, definitely. I think the one thing that you said that was so powerful, Kathy, is you were at Mass before, right? And so I think when we go to Mass, we're in prayer. Even when we don't want to do what God wants us to do, there's so much, there's just such an enhanced receptivity, Mm, right? Perfect. Versus if I'm not, don't want to do what God wants me to do while I'm sitting in like in my beanbag chair eating Cheetos (laughs) and watching TV, (laughs) right? But like if I'm putting myself in a holy place, then like at least I'm putting myself on the potter's wheel to where I can be molded. Exactly. So like Mary, like you put yourself in front of the blessed, blessed sacrament. So Mary, Tell us about you. Were, were there some? Have there been some situations where you know maybe this has been a struggle, this has been challenging, but you've seen God's grace and mercy and His fruitfulness in this? Um, yes, I've had the days like Kathy described, where you're like, I just can't do this; it's too hard, and you don't want to go, but just you feel this push, and some that's God, I'm sure, but you, it just pushes you, and you get there, and then something really good happens that day. Not always, but when you're at your lowest and you can't do it anymore, yeah. it is, it, it can be heartbreaking. Um, God just says go. Um, during COVID, um, they were as what shelter in place, not shelter in peace, shelter in place. <laughs> and, um, and so I was like, if I go to the sidewalk, are they going to arrest us because we're not sheltering in, in place? And so I was a little nervous the first few weeks, so I didn't do it. And then by the third week, I was like, I was just God was like, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And I think Kathy had the same little nudge, and and we both kind of went out there. And that week, I forget the specific details, but. It was just God was like, yeah, I want you out here. He gave some positive things. Um, and But backing up just a minute, I guess four, five, six months ago, I was just couldn't really get anybody to go with me. And it was just emotionally really hard, not a lot happening, praying, but just like almost like I just God, I finally was like, God, I can't do this alone. I, I'm, mm-hmm. If I can get someone to come out here with me, I will do it. But I just emotionally, I just couldn't do it. I just that was kind of a place in my life where I just couldn't do it by myself. And um, guess who pops up? Josh. Josh. <laughs> you know, Josh is there, and he was like, and he was like, you know, just started meeting, um, meeting us. Like I was still with Kathy and Brian. Um, no, I got to back up. I'm sorry. So it was more like a year and a half ago when Kathy and Brian started coming with me. That was it. Kathy came on Tuesday, and they started coming on Wednesdays and Thursdays. That was it. Kathy and Brian would come on every Thursday, but they started to come on Wednesdays too, and that was it. It was like so then, and then Josh started coming on Thursday and Fridays. I would have to be Friday and Saturday. So it was just kind of like it just started getting bigger and bigger. And um, it was just beautiful because I, I really was kind of getting a little like I feel like I was kind of pull, pulling it by myself. Except for a couple hours on Thursday morning when Kathy was there was great. But other than that, I was just like the, the place was empty. So, so Mary, um, was that what summer, brought you to Summer Saves? Um, well, yeah. Well, then Summer Saves, um, yeah, Josh um started he was already kind of doing it he was kind of saying mary who's there friday who's there saturdays and there are some people there on saturdays already um and he was like maybe let's just do i want to do 40 days for life there in the summer you know why don't we do it and i was like well they only have it in the fall and spring um but i guess now they're actually doing up in marietta 365 so there is some year-round 40 days but not at our clinic so um he said i said well we we could do summer saves 
And I guess he said, yes, let's do it. And he kind of, um, I said, I can't lead it because of my health issues and, and some other things. I said, but if you'll lead it, I'll be your assistant. I promise you, I'll help you. And he, he got the um, excitement and was motivated and, and he, he ran with it. It's just been phenomenal. So Yeah, it's um, been beautiful. We've had a big turnaround. And so what's wonderful is you guys mm-hmm. saying yes then gives other people the opportunity to say yes as well. Because you and Josh, so listeners, if you are interested, if you go to www.summersaves.com, you can sign up and go pray in front of an abortion clinic right there in Buckhead. Um, in Monday through Saturday. Yeah, Tuesday through Saturday. Yeah, oh, yeah, Tuesday and, through Saturday, yep. Yeah, yep, and I yep. think this in the past seven days, we've actually had seven people choose to not have abortions. Isn't that amazing? Something along those lines. Amazing. And so you guys guys encouraged me and inspired me because my birthday was on Saturday this and I invited friends to come so Saturday on the 20th so a week or so ago I invited friends to come and they came and I had 10 different people come pray and they got to witness and one of my girlfriends she said I've been doing this for 47 years she said I've from the very beginning of Roe v. Wade I've been going to abortion clinics she said it's the first time I've seen a baby saved (laughs) isn't that amazing So, um, listeners, we are going to have to go to our break, but we thank Kathy and Mary, our dear friends so much, and friends of Josh, for being here and just inspiring us with the way that they are walking into the call that God has put on their hearts. Ladies, thank you for being with us. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thanks for having us. Love you guys. Bye. Please stay tuned, and we will be right back after this break. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Did you know there are many men and women who are providing for their families through work in an abortion clinic? The money is good and people often get trapped there. And Then There Were None is a registered nonprofit organization that exists to help abortion clinic workers leave the abortion industry. This ministry is providing the means for abortion workers to safely transition out of the industry and into a life of freedom with immense support and without fear of exploitation. Abortion workers have been able to confidently get free help through a variety of resources available through this ministry. This is a game changer in the battle for life. To help abortion workers leave the industry, visit abortionworker.com for more information. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Do you have a friend or family member who's seeking to grow in their spirituality? Know someone who's fallen away from their faith? Why not invite them to listen to AM 1160 The Quest? We offer a wide variety of the most prominent voices on Catholic Radio. There are four great ways to listen to The Quest. On your radio at AM 1160, online at thequestatlanta.com, on your smart speaker, and on the Quest Atlanta app. Please invite a friend to listen to AM 1160 The Quest today. You know what Catholic Radio is? It's training for the troops. It's a interaural of the ear boot camp. The folks who listen, who grow in their faith, grow in charity, grow in all the virtues, they then go out and exert an influence far beyond just themselves. Catholic Radio has an exponential effect for bringing people deeper into the faith. To donate, go to thequestatlanta.com. Let us offer a prayer of thanksgiving for the priests serving in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Eternal God, we thank you for the blessings of our priests who represent you on this earth. 
Make them more greatly aware of the grace that you pour out through them as they minister the sacraments and help them to fall more deeply in love with you after each and every Mass that is celebrated. Please strengthen them so that they may lovingly and courageously shepherd your flock. May we support the priest in the Diocese of Atlanta by offering them kind words, deeds, and assistance. We thank you, God, for the gift of your priest. Allow them to remain an example of your truth and a guide to all those he is entrusted to serve. We ask these things of you, our Lord, our eternal priest. Amen. So welcome back to Shelter in Peace. We are so glad that you are joining us here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. Once again, I'm Mari Cleveland with my co-host, Josh Harris. Glad to be here. And so if right before the break, you heard us speaking to two beautiful women, Mary Clausen and Kathy Schneider, and they were talking to us about how they listened to God and how they heard God. And he actually asked them to both walk into the pro-life movement and all of the beautiful um, things that have done been done through their witness and through their work and through their perseverance, even in difficult times. And it makes me think of, um, you know, this, the verse from Micah where, where it tells us to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. And I just, when I look at them and Josh, when I look at you and all the work you do Thank for the you. pro-life movement, I really see that you guys are just living out that call. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and just to summarize what Kathy said, and, and thank you so much that beautiful introduction and your kind and thoughtful words and all your scriptural wisdom. I think it's just a few things. Um, like she so generously said, if you guys want to join us in prayer, we would love to have you. Um, you can sign up to pray for an hour or more at summersaves.com. Summersaves.com. We're praying in front of an abortion clinic in Buckhead. And I think that can be a little intimidating. Like, oh, mm. what are we going to be doing? Shouting at people? No. no <laughs> Do I have to be a skilled counselor? No. no. All we need is your prayers and your presence. So just show up, sign up, show up, and all we need, just come and pray with us and, and stand there. And I tell you, prayer moves mountains. Anytime I've seen a miracle happen on that sidewalk, it's been during or after saying a, a prayer, saying a rosary. I mean, it is just incredible the things that happen. And it's nothing without the power of the prayer warriors. Um on that sidewalk. So so please just know we're 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 a peaceful, loving presence and that is all we are there to do is radiate the love of our Lord and our Savior and give people options if they want to choose life. Um secondly, um I think that there's something really powerful about the prayers of newcomers, mm -hmm. you know. Your friends were out there and they were praying with us and I think there were some newbies in your yeah, group out there, there and we had a save, right? Yeah. Might, might I add, after we prayed a rosary in the chaplet of St. Michael the Arch Archangel, which I, I actually was during the the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel, a chaplet to him. Um, a woman came down, 17-year-old girl, chose to not have an abortion, and we took her to a pregnancy resource center. Um, I, I've i just seen, and then your friends came on Tuesday, I think, and they were there praying, and I believe probably new to the scene, mm -hmm. and they ended up <laughs> not just watching a, a person choose life, but taking her to a 
a, a center to get help and yeah. find resources and get a free ultrasound and walked out with a picture of that baby. That's so amazing. So just know that the prayers in the uh, of, of newcomers are so powerful and they really just, uh, I just believe, bring God's presence front and center in front of that clinic and, and give people um, an extended hand of grace to choose life. So we'd love to have you there at summersaves.com, summersaves.com. That's great. Thank you, Josh. And you know, you you and Mary do make it so easy because you notice you guys pay attention and see if there's anybody who's going to be there by themselves, who's mm-hmm. never been there. And you make sure that they've got somebody, a prayer warrior, a partner alongside them. Mm-hmm. And you even have books, um, which remind me, I've got some in my trunk to give back to you. Oh, thank you. I've got to get this. <laughs> so um, you've got books available for people to, to pray prayers if they, if they you know, don't know the rosary or if they don't feel comfortable praying extemporaneously or anything. You've mm-hmm. got all kinds of resources that they can use and, and then they can, you can get involved in as much as you want to. Like I said, um, you know, some of my friends had been very experienced, but some were brand new and didn't know what to do. And, and as you said, a couple of them ended up getting a chance to actually take a woman with them yeah, um, to, to help her find resources that would not have been provided otherwise. And it was so critical that they were there because they, I, I had a meeting to get to. I mean, if, if I was the only one, I'd, you know, I could have made a call and, mm-hmm. and flipped things around, but I think there was something special. To, you know, they were also. I mean, I think men and women are mm-hmm. super invaluable out there, right? Because there's men that need to be talked to and women mm-hmm. need to be talked to. But I mean, those women were heroic, and that girl felt so comfortable with them. Yes, yeah, and both of them are moms. I do have to give a shout out to my Blessed Trinity Moms Bible Study. Their two yeah. women, Mary and Amy, were from that Bible study, and they came and did that. Okay, speaking of women, <laughs> speaking of Bible studies, speaking of women who um, do just a beautiful job of reaching out to other people, we have got another guest on the show um, today. You guys are just so blessed. You get three guests <laughs> in one show. And we've got another um, guest, and um, Katie Kibbe. Some of you may know Katie's name. Katie used to live here in Atlanta and did some beautiful work at um Marist and working with the Marist moms um, and building Bible studies and all kinds of amazing things. And Katie is a writer and she encourages and equips Catholic women to lead right where they are. And so, Katie, I am so thankful that you are joining Josh and me on Shelter in Peace today. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Mari. How are you? I am great. And thank you so much for, so Katie now um, lives in South Carolina, is getting ready to move. And so in the midst of all of your moving, you had um, the last minute said, sure, I'll come and speak to you on the radio. So thank you for your yes. (laughs) Oh, I'm happy. Happy to help. Thank you. So talking about brave people saying yes to difficult things sometimes, right? Um, So it's great. So as you know, we've been talking to people about how does God speak to you? How do you hear from him? And then what kind of things has he called you into doing? So we would love to hear your story, Katie, and your thoughts on, so how does God speak to you? Well, and I'm really humbled to be coming after those two brave women and to hear Josh's story as well. Mine is um, much more mundane, but I guess nonetheless important because God can use us right where we are exactly. in the midst in the midst of um, strange circumstances. Uh, my husband has been promoted quite a number of times, and so we've had to move and relocate. Um, and we're about to go on our seventh city. Wow! Um, but in the midst of this, um, God has put on my heart. 
a desire to help women come together in community to um, to grow in their own faith through scripture and through small group conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, I don't have a, I mean, I'm a lawyer by education, and I don't have any type of special experience, um, but that was, that's kind of uh, what was beginning of you know, my, my ministry, was um, seeing the need and figuring out that um, if I didn't do it, nobody was going to do it. So I <laughs> Exactly. Yes. So, um, and and as you said, that's just as important. You know, God is going to call Mm -hmm. us each to a different situation where he knows that people need to be encouraged or people need to know his word or people need to have hope and whatever it might be. And it could be praying in front of an abortion clinic or it could be, you know, in a small town in South Carolina, leading women deeper into the word. Mm. Right. And one of the things that gets me very excited is to walk with a woman and see her come alive in her own um, in her own way of leading right where she is. Mm. In the sense of, um, like, for instance, one of my friends has been very involved with St. Vincent de Paul uh, ministry over during this COVID uh, mm-hmm. quarantine period. And it's something that she never thought that she was going to be involved in doing, but over, you know, years of being in Scripture and being in community and um, following the yes of, of um, other people, you know, asking her to get involved, she was able to play an integral part in helping other people. Mm-hmm. And I could be the support behind her, to, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. to you know, help her and to make sure that she's being fed in Scripture and support her in prayer so that she can then help the people that she needs to help. Oh, that's beautiful, Katie. That's awesome. And that's very similar to what Josh was sharing when he said, you know, those of us who don't know how to do the sidewalk counseling, you know, we haven't been trained to have these conversations, we can be praying. Um, And actually we were, some of us were even just singing the Ave Maria Mm, while um, Josh and Mary were talking Mm. to this one woman. And they said, and Mary said, I really think it was the singing. I think it was the singing. So, you know, you actually praying for a woman, helping her to have that support, I'm sure is supporting her to do amazing things for the Lord as well. Yeah. So what steps did you take to kind of implement this support system in this, I guess, Bible study and, and community based effort within, uh, you know, your house of worship? Were there certain steps or, you know, things that you think that our listeners could take away to, you know, walk in that same direction if they feel a similar call? Oh, Josh, that's a great question. Um, So if a, you know, if if somebody is out there and their church does not have a small group for women, um, it is very easy to create Something. There's great resources online. I've written two studies that wow. I have on my website mm-hmm. that are available. Um, but all it takes is just to get the permission of her pastor and a room reservation and then start asking your friends or put a bulletin announcement um, and just say, we're going to meet you know, at this time, on this day, in this room, or virtually now, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's really just, if, if you feel um, a, something that's kind of absent in your life, then taking the steps to create it for yourself 
and there will be other people that will respond and will want to join you and link arms with you um, in doing the exact same thing. It's like I felt very awkward doing this to begin with, uh-huh. and especially as a stranger to go to my pastor and say, hey, I just moved here, but this, you know, I've been organizing women in small groups and have this Bible study that I'd like to offer. What do you think? Um, he could have just shut me down. And that was what <laughs> I was afraid of, you know, because I think that's we get afraid of what people are going to think about us or that they're going to say no, because it feels a little bit ridiculous when God is asking you to step out and do something for him. I, I always feel ridiculous. But when I do, and when I um, am, you know, responsive to him, the way that he shows up is like 10 times greater than anything I could have done myself alone, or that I would have imagined, um, you know, the the outcome to be. That is awesome. And Katie, you were telling me about that because it's awesome. You know, that is, you know, you're in this new town. He doesn't know you from anybody. You know, you've got a, you've got a reputation here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but where you were, he didn't know who you were and you were walking in and just saying, basically, you know, trust me with your ladies, you know, yeah. give me your, give me your ladies. And I, I want to do this Bible study. Oh, and by the way, I wrote the Bible study. So um, that did take a lot of courage, I'm sure, to do that. Um, so first, first thing I want to really make sure that we don't forget to do is you are a beautiful writer and you've written some beautiful studies. Would you tell our listeners your website so that they can go in online and, and look for your studies? It's um, katiekibbe.com and it's k-a-t-i-e-k-i-b-b-e.com. Great. So katiekibbe.com. And so Katie, tell our listeners about what happened because it, when you talk about how oh. God is so fruitful and he does multiply, what happened with that study? Or with those ladies. So, so I, um, our the pastor, God bless him, was very excited and enthusiastic, and so supportive beyond what I could have imagined. And I did. He invited me to invite all the women in the parish, and um, we had ninety women sign up. That is and awesome. I I promise you, I did not know one soul oh. when. I was starting this, and I now have you know, friends and women that um, are so grateful to be coming together and to know each other. They've been in the parish for years, and they didn't know each other. Oh, wow. So it, it, it also solidifies and creates more deeper community, richer community within you know the parish. Um, and it's super easy to do. It's just to really, it's um, you kind of have to lay lay aside your own comfort for the comfort of others. Right, right, definitely. You know, I had a similar experience. When I first went to Blessed Trinity, my kids had been in, at another school for years and years, and they went to a K through 8 school, had been there for a long time. And so I was very involved in that school in a lot of spiritual ways. And when I first went to Blessed Trinity, um, people are coming as a freshman. They come from like 55 different middle schools. So once again, I was like you, Katie, in Mm -hmm. your new church, you know, in your new parish. Nobody knew me. They didn't know what my skills were, what my passions were. And I remember praying and asking God before I even started at my kids started at Blessed Trinity. (laughs) Say I started. Seems like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all about me. No, before my kids started there, I thought, um, Lord, I would love to be able to lead a women's retreat, and I would love to be able to lead Bible study there. And I just left it at that. 
And God just wove it and worked it, and it was amazing when we just lay before him some of the desires of our hearts, which, by the way, he put there in the first place, right? And um, we start, when I started going there, there were about three or four beautiful women who were in Bible study together once or twice a month. And now we're five years later, and we have got 40-plus women who are coming every single Friday. We outgrew our space, actually, and they're coming every single, fr- every single Friday. And then, you know, it's a f- every, you know, every year some people leave and some people come. So we've got new people. And we also have women who've, whose kids graduated years ago, and they're still coming because they've loved it so much. And it's like you said, it's the building of community. The Holy Spirit is in there and doing just amazing things when you say yes he is just knitting and weaving hearts in beautiful ways. Amen. I got a question. Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I love that. And I love how you are, um, how you are, you know, praying intentionally for, you know, God, please, you like make this possible if this is your will. Mm -hmm. And also that you knew what your gifts were. Mm. You know, you've talked a couple of weeks about this already, but, um, you know, coming, spending the time and coming to know ourselves better. We always know God better when we know ourselves better. Oh, beautifully said. Is the ultimate creator. Um, but when we can know ourselves better, then we can know how we can serve someone else better. So That is beautifully said. Thank you, Katie. So do you do your Bible study year-round, or is it a seasonal experience? We have done it um, seasonally because it has seemed to work best during the school year. Uh, and I, um, I'm kind of toying with the idea of doing an, a Zoom version of the, um, you know, of the Bible study where I lead it, but I, um, I'm kind of waiting for somebody to ask for that, if that makes sense. Like, it's in the back of my, my mind that somebody might be interested in that, but I don't want to start it and do all of the legwork if I don't already have somebody that I know is saying that's pushing me in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so listeners, if you want a Zoom of uh, <laughs> Katie's Bible study, reach out to us here at the Quest and uh, we'll on our Facebook page or our uh, info page, and we will get you connected. Um, and Katie, you're about to do this all over again because you're about to move again, and so mm-hmm. you've got a whole new parish that you get to walk into. <laughs> You know, boldly with this holy boldness and say, here I am, use me, right? Are you set up to teach there? Are you going to have to, you know, just trust in God and and start shaking hands? I have to start all over. um, And it ends up being, um, you know, there's kind of a timeline of, you know, you've got to go and I have to go and introduce myself and meet some people, you know, kind of kiss babies and shake hands and figure (laughs) out what the figure out what the needs are, because I don't want to go and insert myself in a situation where there's not a need. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to go and serve where the need is and not impose my own, like this, like, oh, I've got this great experience here in in my past. And so it's going to be, I have, you know, some people might assume it's going to be the same in the future. And sometimes God asks us to pivot. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what he's asking for. But I am kind of excited about the adventure of, you know, where is he going to be? How is he going to show up? And what does he want? Um, that is so awesome. We, 
you know, when we can kind of look at life like a scavenger hunt of, you know, where is God? Where is he asking me to go? <laughs> take a, take one clue and read it and dive into it and then use that as the clue for the next thing. So I don't know. Yeah, and that is great. And I love that. And I love the humility behind that as well, Katie, because... You know, I knew, as you said, I knew what my gifts were, and I really had this passion, but I had to just be quiet and wait. And I just said, okay, God, it's totally up to you. If you, if there is a need, and if you want to open that door, I'll step into it. And that's what you were, you were having to do as well, and just let him guide. You can let him know that you're available, you're ready, and then let him guide, guide that. Are there any ways that you put yourself into his presence or that you prepare your heart so you can hear him when he's doing that? You know, you're going to have to do that now in your new move. Are there specific things that you do that might be helpful for our listeners to know? I use the lectionary, and so I will, I've got kind of a prayer journaling um, habit, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. And um, and the, stop, stop for one second. Some of our listeners are not mm. Catholic, so can you share with them what mm-hmm. the lectionary is? Yes. So the Catholic Church follows, and, and some other... Um, of, Lutheran Church, and there's some other um, denominations, but within kind of the mainline uh, Christian denominations, they can follow a um, it's a, a, a the readings of a, there would be a systematic pattern of readings that everybody would be walking through at the same time. Um, at least within the Catholic Church, we read the same thing together. It's different readings every day based mm-hmm. upon you know from Old Testament, New Testament. Um, and the Psalms, the Gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that enough description? Yeah, that's perfect. That's so, perfect. Yeah. So using, I use Scripture daily to to pray and to journal and to um, try to become more sensitive to what it is that He wants from me. And mm-hmm. so I might read a good number of Scriptures, but there's usually one that stirs in my heart a certain way and then kind of calls me deeper into some more reflection and some more questions. That's beautiful. And you know what's so interesting is um, last show we had Father Mark, and he said something very similar, Katie. He mentioned that when he was reading the Psalms, um, oftentimes it's the Mm. Psalms when he does his daily Psalter as a priest, that um, that something will just... It's almost like God highlights it for him, mm-hmm. and something really pricks his heart. Is that some kind of the experience that you have as well? Very much so. And I have to say that in reading the Psalms, I feel as though my heart has almost become more tender. Mm. And that because every emotion is represented in the Psalms, and sometimes life can get you to the point where you kind of aren't as deeply in touch with your heart because Mm. you're so busy doing and being for everybody else. Um, And so the Psalms have been such a beautiful invitation to me to slow down and to get more in touch with with the heart that God created and put inside of me and and also to be able to become more confident in showing that to other people. It's still a very much a work in progress, like Mm. (laughs) a long way to go. Um, but the Psalms have, are probably where I spend, uh, you know, the Psalms and the Gospels are where I spend the most of my time. I mean, I think that's really such a, the Psalms, you know, that's where humanity, uh, rings true. And I mean, the author shows that we don't have to have cookie cutter prayers to God, but we can actually have a dialogue 
in a conversation because mm. as, as many of those psalms are, you know, psalms of praise, they're psalms of, you know, frustration and mm-hmm. doubt. And But I think that's the beautiful thing, right? We don't have to, you know, God can take it all. Yeah. And he would much rather us be honest than stop a conversation. Yeah, definitely. That is that is such a, I mean, that's such a good point. It's, um, and showing up to him as we are and trusting that he loves us enough to help us become more, you know, just more alive and experience more of this beautiful world that he's created us to be in. I know that it's really hard for a lot of people right now, myself included, um, and it's confusing, but he is still present. He is, mm, he amen. is, and he does call us to be able to be co-laborers with him um, in this place, and he calls us to be the light of the world, to be the salt for the earth, and, and he does that through all of the ways that he's gifted us, and he does that through the fact that he um, speaks to us. He still speaks to us, and he guides us, and he encourages us. Um, if we but listen, if we but listen and ask him, you know, where do you want me? Who do you want me to reach out to? You? Where do you want me to be next? Katie, thank you so very much for being with us today and sharing your heart and sharing the ways that God has spoken to you and the ways that you've walked into the giftings that he's given you to touch other people. Would you bless our listeners by um, by closing us in prayer? I would be happy to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, I give you praise and I thank you for these beautiful hearts. I thank you for each and every person who is listening today. Stir within them a deeper love for you and for the people that you want them to serve. Break their hearts, Lord, Mm. for what breaks yours. Equip them, encourage them, and give them the, the strongest foundation and a sense of your presence. Guard them as the apple of your eye and let them know your unfailing love. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That was beautiful. So be encouraged. Katie, thank you for your encouragement today. And we will pray for you as you walk into that new parish <laughs> and introduce yourself and offer yourself. Um, so you'll be in our prayers. So thank you for being with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you. Okay, God, God bless you. And dear listeners, we thank you for listening to us today in Shelter in Peace. Please join us again next week.